Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Family, I'm excited about this morning because um, as I've been praying and I've been thinking through the week and what I would say to you this week, um, we're going to get back into our What Do I Believe series. And I really think it's key right now in this time where we're, we're fighting against this coronavirus. But in the midst of that, there's so many things that are still happening in society. You still got murder. You still got corruption. You still have things happening around us. So life didn't stop because this is here. And, and this series is very pertinent and important to us because we need to know what we believe. We need to know who we believe in, why we believe what we believe. So if you're new and you just jumped on, I'm going to implore you, go back and listen to our series, catch up with us to where we are right now. Today we're going to be talking about prayer, and I can't wait to jump in with you. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and meet me in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, that's where we'll be this morning. Uh, we're going to look at verses 5 through 15. 5 through 15 in Matthew chapter 6. Hear now the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 5, it says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Remember that. Pray like this then. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. The very word of God, amen. Today I want to preach again on prayer. We're not going to necessarily look at everything in this passage, but... As you read the Lord's Prayer, what better way to learn about prayer or see a model than Jesus giving us the model? Amen. Let's pray as we enter our passage. Father, I just ask one thing right now, God, that you'd hide me behind your cross so that you may be lifted up in this space. I don't want folks to hear me preaching. God, let them hear you. Decrease me so that you may increase. You are an awesome God. We just ask that you have your way this morning as we hear from you. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all said together, amen. Well, throughout the course of history, there have been many ways folks have been taught to pray. Most of y'all probably remember this prayer growing up. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. But, but y'all, the next part used to mess me up. I mean, it used to jack me up as a kid when you say, uh, uh, but if I should die before I wake, 
I pray the Lord my soul to take y'all. That's a scary prayer. I mean, I'm a kid. I don't want to die. I mean, die before I I wake. Lord, I I, I read the Bible. You you raised Lazarus from the dead. Why can't you revive me before I wake up? I mean, that's a scary prayer to pray as a kid. So most of y'all were terrified and messed up as kids, just like I was praying that prayer. And maybe you grew up Catholic, though. And you remember saying Hail Marys before every game and before every day of school. I played Catholic youth football. I remember praying this Hail Mary prayer every time we played a game. I just remember praying it. So some of y'all know exactly what I'm saying. Or some of y'all may have grown up praying where you prayed only in the good times or you prayed only in the bad times or something or when you wanted something. Or maybe you were the one that didn't grow up praying at all. And everything in your life was, was built upon, upon what you brought to the table. It was based on your hands. It was based on your works. It was about what you did. Now, my point in all of this is that most of us, most of us has, have either grown up some, in some way praying or not. We have some kind of knowledge of prayer. But prayer, like many of the doctrines that we've already walked through, family, because of this, has been misconstrued and misunderstood in many ways, which leaves us with many questions. Questions like, why do we actually pray? Does prayer actually work? I mean, in times like this, God, do you even hear us? Why should I pray? Is it even effective? So today I want to talk about prayer. I got four points for you. I know the Baptist way is three, but I got four points for you this morning. Number one, prayer leads to dependence on God. Number two, prayer deepens your relationship with God. Number three, prayer must be according to the will of God. And number four, I want to talk about hindrances to prayer. Again, those are prayer leads to dependence on God. Prayer deepens your relationship with God. Number three, prayer must be according to the will of God. And number four, hindrances to prayer. Now, in this passage, Jesus is talking on the sermon. He's he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount, one of the most famous sermons that we know to this day. He's preaching and he's actually sitting on this mountain. Just a little bit of background with it. He's sitting on this mountain and he's talking to his disciples. He's speaking to his disciples, but because of the acoustics of the mountains, there's literally thousands of people around watching and they're hearing Jesus as he's speaking. And he's teaching them about what to do and how to be a Christian as he's sitting on this mountain. And I like to say because all these people are listening, but yet he's really exclusively speaking to his disciples. This sermon is for people that believe that follow Jesus. And it's also for people that don't necessarily believe in Jesus. So it's for the believer and it's for the non-believer alike. And what he's doing in this passage is he's teaching his disciples how to pray. And how they should not pray. He says, don't be like the hypocrites and pray like you know me out in the open, but really behind closed doors, you don't really know me. He said, they pray so that they can be seen by others. But when you pray, he says, pray to your heavenly father and he will reward you. Basically, Jesus is saying, prayer is not about you, but it's about God, which does not mean that we shouldn't come to him and pray for what we want or what we need. But what he's really saying instead is that prayer is to and it's for God exclusively. Now hear me. God doesn't need you to tell him everything you want and need in your prayers. We just read that in scripture. You see, Matthew 6, 8, it tells us that your father knows what you need before you 
ask him. So you ask, well, when, when the, why do we pray? What's the point? Well, one reason, hear me when I say this, God wants us to pray is so that our, our dependence on him grows. You see, God wants us to be dependent on him. This is why Jesus says in Luke chapter 11, refers to, referring to believers, he says, be like little children. Be like little children when you come to Jesus. Be like little children when you come to God. Because just like a child, if you think of it, almost undoubtedly, when they come to their parents and they're coming to their, their daddy or their mommy and they're asking for something, there's no doubt in their mind that mommy and daddy can provide what they're looking for. And so it is the same with God. When we come to God, he said, come to me asking, come to me trusting, come to me expecting that I can provide all you need and all you want. Some of y'all, especially right now, you, you can get what I'm saying because your kids are out of school. And besides you wanting to choke them out, I ain't going to tell nobody. I know you I mean, they come and you ask you for stuff and everything. I get it. I got five of them. It's crazy in my house. But here's the reality. You can get with this because right now, the ch your children come to you asking you for everything all throughout the day. Mommy, daddy, can we do this? And, and they're bothering you. And I'm like, I'm, I look at my kids and I'm like, do you do this at school? I mean, for real. You 10 years old. You know how to go to the bathroom by yourself. <laughs> but but, but in, in all actuality, what's really happening here? Don't miss this. What's happening is that they're around the ones that they know they can be dependent on, their parents. Don't miss what I'm saying. So what happens is now they unconsciously act as if they don't know how to be independent because they're dependents. Ooh, y'all just missed it. We are to depend on God like little children. One, because he wants us to. And two, because if we believe in Jesus, we are called children of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High, and he cherishes us, and he wants to care for us. Amen? Now, just so you don't hear me wrong when, I, when I'm talking about this, God, God's not some genie in the bottle. That's not, that's not who he is. He's not some genie in the bottle where you just ask and, and you're going to receive what you want. See, see, what I'm getting at is that when we come to God in prayer, we must come believing and, and, and praying in faith that God can and he will provide. Matthew 21, 22 speaks to this, says, whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Faith. So hear me. Hear me. God wants us to be dependent on him so that he can care for us. And someone needs to hear this right now. Someone's listening and you need to hear this right now because your life, it, you just with everything going on, you're like, God, what, what, where do I turn? What do I do in my life? God, I feel like everything's out of whack. I don't know what's going on. And what's happening now is, is fear is starting to rise up in your, your spirit and, and you're all over the place. And God is saying, calm down, my child. Just come to me. I am dependable. If I can hang the stars and the moon in the sky and name each one of those stars by name, I can take care of you. He said, calm down. Just come to me. Come to me. Corona ain't got nothing on me. I'm not twiddling my fingers trying to figure it out. No, I'm with you and I'm for you. I love you. I'm dependable. Secondly, Besides praying, bringing to light our dependence on God, through prayer, your relationship with God 
deepens as you talk with him. Don't miss this. I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time here. But if you've been at Renewal, you've heard me talk about this before. It's kind of like being in a relationship with somebody else, somebody that's close to you, or, or someone maybe you're feeling a bit. You don't just talk to them one time and then have a deep relationship with them, do you? It doesn't work like that. No, no, no. If you're in relationship with somebody, if you're hanging out with somebody, then, then you're going to talk with them all the time. You're going to spend ungodly hours of the night trying to talk with them because you want to get to know them. I mean, y'all guys, y'all, I know y'all got them cheesy one-liners, things like, girl, you like a Milky Way. Your skin like chocolate and soft like caramel. Come on, don't act like you ain't never said you, you, you say them corny one-liners. We all been there before. I know some of y'all shaking your heads at the TV. I, I, I get it. We've been there. Don't leave me hanging. I, I've been there before, too. We say them corny one lines. We say all kind of cheesy stuff. And the reason we're doing these team things is because we want to get to know this person. We want to spend time with them. So you spend all this time talking and talking and talking and talking and talking, trying to get to know somebody. And see, don't miss this because, because here's the problem. Many times our relationship with God hasn't deepened because we don't talk with him. We don't talk to him or we only come to him when things are bad or if we need something. Hear me. God wants to be with you in the good times and in the bad times. He wants to be with you in the high times and in the low times. He wants us to just talk with him. Scripture says, even in Romans 8, 26, I love this. It says, when we're weak, when we're weak and we can't mutter the words, when we can't pray, the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf. Y'all, that's good news. Hear me, God not only wants to be with us, but he wants us to commune and talk with him to the point that even when we can't speak, he helps us. That's how much he wants to be in relationship with us. And I need you to hear me because someone's hearing this right now and you're like, yo, I need to hear that because all that's going on right now in this world and in your life, you're asking, does God even hear me? Does he hear my prayer? Does he hear my heart? Does he see my heart? And maybe you've done something or maybe you've been in a place where you know you shouldn't be. You've done something over the past week and you're like, God, God doesn't want anything with me. And God's like, no, I do. Just come to me. Oh, you got sin? I, I, I can cast your sin as far as the east is from the west. Just come to me. I want to be in relationship with you. Friends, hear me. There is nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. There's nothing that can come between us if we believe. But with this, hear me. I, I need you to hear me. Prayer is not just a one-way street. You see, spending time with God, it's not just a one-way street where we pray and then something comes back from God. No, no, no. It's not something that we should do. It's something we ought to do. It's, it's where we, we're just talking with him. Many times you'll go to prayer with God and you're not asking for anything. You're just, you're just praising him because you're just thankful. You just have this praise moment. It's not always about what you can get and what he can do for you. It's, it's a relationship. Now, with that, hear me. Our prayers, they don't have to be eloquent. They don't have to be long and drawn out. They have to be 15, 50 minutes. Now, sometimes you'll be stuck in your soul to say a prayer closet for a minute, and you're going to be talking with God because you just need to pour out your spirit, and you just notice yourself not being able to, to stop talking. It's okay to be there, but it doesn't always have to be like that. 
We just read in a passage that he already knows our heart. So you're not telling him anything that he doesn't already know. But while we're continually speaking with him, guess what happens? As you keep talking to him, guess what happens? You begin to see your prayers answered. It's a joy for me, family, when I look back at journals and I look back at all that God has done in my life, all the prayers that he's answered. It's a joy to look back. And what happens because of that now is that it makes me more dependent on him. And thus my my relationship grows because I know I can trust him. Because I look at his track record. I look at what he's done and how he's kept me. Family, we're to pray unceasingly. To never stop. It's like breathing. The more you breathe, the better you feel. You can't run a marathon without breathing. So it is the same with God and the Christian. We cannot walk with God faithfully without praying. Hear me, our relationship with God grows as we pray. Thirdly, we pray in order to be aligned with God. We pray in order to be a part of this bigger plan of salvation. And as we pray, we're we're taking part in advancing the kingdom and and salvation going forth. In other words, what I'm really saying is that when we pray, we have to know Jesus. When we pray, we have to know what he's done. When we pray, we have to pray in Jesus' name. Now, you may be sitting there saying, well, why do I have to pray like that? Why do I have to pray in his name? Here's why. Don't miss this. Because our sin, it should disqualify us from asking anything of God. Our sin should disqualify us. I mean, our sin and our rebellion against God, it creates this chasm, this great divide between us and God. I mean, you think about it. Think about it for a minute with me. If someone blatantly disobeyed or disrespected you over and over again, most of us, if not all of us here listening right now, would have no motivation to do any good or do right by them. We wouldn't want to serve them. But hear me. That's the beauty of the gospel. That's what makes the gospel of Jesus Christ so amazing. It's that much more sweeter because Jesus didn't just leave us there, even though we were in rebellion against him. No, no. He dies for us on a cross. He goes to the grave, taking sin and death there once and for all. And then he rises with power in his hands. And then he doesn't stop family because after he ascends, he's now mediating on our behalf before God. He's still interceding, pleading on our behalf between us and God. Isn't he good? Family, this is why Christians pray to Jesus. This is why we pray to him and to him alone. There is no other man. There is no other prophet. There is no other saint or anybody else that's worthy of our praise, nor that has died our death, nor that is sitting at the right hand of the Father still interceding on our behalf. It's only Jesus. Scripture tells us in 1 Timothy 2.5, For there is but one God, one God. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. This is why Jesus in John 14, 6 says, no one comes to the father except through me. Hear me. This means that God don't miss this. God has no obligation to answer the prayers of anybody who does not believe in Jesus. Let me say that again. He doesn't have any obligation. Doesn't mean he won't, but he has no obligation to answer anybody who does not believe in Jesus. Now, I need you all to hear me with this because this is very key, because sometimes we have not because we have not believed. Mm. You see, see, it's not that we haven't asked for it. 
Sometimes we don't have something because we have not truly believed. This is why Jesus says in John 16 to the disciples, whatever you ask in my name, it shall be given to you. Theologian Wayne Grudem, he speaks to this and he says, when he said this, Jesus talking, talking about when Jesus said, ask in my name, he says, Jesus did not mean that we must tack the phrase in Jesus's name onto every one of our player prayers. I know we're in your backyard right now. Somebody's listening to this. Instead, he meant that our prayers should be prayed based on his authority as our mediator and in accordance with his character. Don't miss that. Let me read it one more time. He says, when he said this, Jesus did not mean that we must tack the phrase in Jesus's name onto every one of our prayers. Instead, he meant that our prayers should be prayed based on his authority as our mediator and in accordance with his character. Believers must believe in Jesus. We must believe in who he is when we pray. We must believe in who he says he is, that he is Lord of all creation, God in the flesh, the mediator of all mediators, the one, the one who conquered sin and death, the one who rose from the grave, the one who will come again to relieve and remove all believers from this weary world. Amen. We must believe. But hear me. With all of this, I don't want you to hear me saying that pray everything in the name of Jesus, it's all going to just come to pass. That's not what I'm saying. No, no, no. Believers have to pray according to the will of God. Our prayers are effective when we are in line with the will of God. Believers pray, here it is, as the text says, not our will be done, but God's will be done. Now the question becomes, well, how do we know if we're praying in line with the will of God. One easy way to know. If we're praying in the line, uh, in the will of God, if we, if we know we're praying, this is one way to know this. Hear me, don't miss this. We know prayer is in line with the will of God if our prayers are informed and in line with Scripture. Th this is why, if you've been at Renew, I urge our people all the time, I urge you to stay in your word, to, to read about God, to stay in the scriptures, his letter to us, his book to us. Stay in the scriptures because that's where you get to know him and your prayers are now informed by the scriptures. Jesus even speaks to this in John 15, 7. He says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So hear me. It's not that we just have to trust God. It's not that we just need to trust Jesus when we pray, but we also have to know how to pray according to the word of God. And now I know there's certain situations that when we look at our lives, the Bible doesn't necessarily speak to it or it's unclear on that. So how do I pray in line with the will of God if it's not really speaking to it in the Bible? I know that's a question that we might have, but, but hear me. In those times, we must approach Jesus humbly asking him to move on our behalf and in our prayers. We must humbly come to Jesus. And if it's in line with his will, may it be done. Now, this is important because many of us, we walk around disappointed. We walk around disappointed and mad because God hasn't worked as fast as we wanted him to or how we want him to in our lives. And in reality, family, it may not be his timing yet. 
or it also might not be in his will right now, whatever you're asking. Either way, the believer is to trust and believe that God knows best, that he knows what's best for my life. See, because here's the thing. God may not be giving you what you're asking for right now because he's protecting you from something. Ah, yeah, yeah. He, he might be keeping you out of harm's way. Or he might be saying, look, look, you're just not ready to receive what I have for you right now. He, he may just be keeping it because he's looking out for you. See, you see, sometimes God will, will remain silent and he'll, he'll work in your heart over time and he'll start messing with your heart. And, and he wants to help you realize the fault may be in your prayer to get you to the point where you're now praying according to the will of God. Hear me, because th- th- this is a word for us today. No matter how hard it gets or how bad it gets in our world today, Family, this is when Christians must believe that God's will is best and trust him. Now, I know someone's saying, well, doesn't scripture say, well, if I pray, I need to pray as if I've already received what I'm praying for? Yeah, it does. Mark 11, 24, it says this. It says that. It says those very words. But hear me. Don't get it twisted because many people mess this up and we get it wrong and we start praying for stuff we ain't got no business praying for. And we make Jesus out to be this never ending slot machine that always keeps giving. And here's the reality. Slot machines don't even work that way. You keep giving your money and you barely win anything. He's not the never ending slot machine that keeps on giving. Hear me, y'all. In Mark 11, this is not a scripture for you to believe. And when you say it, you're going to go get your blessing. I know I'm in someone's kitchen right now. That's not what this this verse is actually saying. Because if it's not in the will of God, you're going to keep on praying that thing. You're going to keep on praying that prayer. And you're going to end up disappointed because you're believing God for something he might not ever give you. I told you all way back, if you were with us in the Sermon on the Mount, I talked about blessing, and I said the believer is actually blessed already in Jesus. See, being blessed is a state of being. Don't miss that. It's a state of being. Your blessing doesn't come because of circumstance or what you get or what's happening around you. Being blessed is a state of being. It's based upon what Jesus already has done for us on the cross. It's good news because there's nothing that you can do in your own power to receive the blessing he's already given you willingly. You're blessed. as That's a state of being. So therefore, if we believe, we're blessed. We don't have a holy standard. This is the good part. We don't have a holy standard that's, that's held above our heads anymore that we have to live up to. You know why? Because Jesus already satisfied it. There's no wrath of God towards our sin anymore. You know why? Because Jesus already satisfied all these things. Family, he's been good. So we don't have to live with those things over our head, trying to work for our blessing or even ask for our blessing. But now we're able to live from a place of approval instead of looking for approval. See, we live from approval, not for approval. Don't miss that. So hear me. To pray for blessing, it isn't necessarily correct when he says pray as if you've already received it. What this means is that we have to have faith. We have to have faith to believe in God and who he says he is and the fact that he can do all things. But hear me, in him being able to do all things, don't miss this. The flip side of that, as I mentioned already, is that if it's not in his will, it may not happen. And that's okay because to believe again is to believe that God knows what? God knows best. So friends, hear me. When we pray... 
according to the will of God. That's when we see a lot of our prayers answered. But when our prayers are hindered, many times it's because we're praying outside of the will of God. We're not praying according to scriptures. And with that, lastly, I want to talk about another hindrance to our prayer. Our, our prayers can be hindered also because of sin. They can be hindered because something is in our lives that's displeasing to God. The psalmist writes in Psalm 66, 18, he says, If I've cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. See, it's not always the case, but many times our prayers aren't answered. And when they're not answered, it's because there's something in our life that is prohibiting right fellowship with God. I mean, you think of it this way. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody before? You've done something wrong with some, be, uh, on, 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 towards somebody. Take, take my example. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm vulnerable. I mean, when I say something wrong to my wife or we get in an argument and, and for me, I might two hours later, I'm over and done with it. I just forgot about it. And then I come back and I'm like, babe, can we do this? And she'll look at me or she might not even look at me at all. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? And see, the reality is, is although I forgot and I moved on as if it didn't happen, she's still feeling how she was wronged. She's still hurting because of what I said or what I did towards her. And see, here, here's the thing. The reason I'm saying all this is because sometimes that's the same way with God. It's not that he holds things over our head, but many times we do the same thing to God. We come to God over and over and over again. And we know when we look at the scriptures, we definitely are. We're not living according to the word of God. We're definitely living outside the word, but we're coming to God. God, can you do this for me? Can you make this happen, God? I need you to show up. I need this. I want this. I need this. I need that. And God's like, you know, I got all of that. I can handle all that. But before we get to that, I need you to acknowledge your wrong first. I need you to come to me first. I need, I need to talk. We need to talk about this stuff that's in your life. Because here's the thing. Don't miss this. God cares way more about your salvation and right fellowship with him than he does that temporal thing that you're praying for. Let me say it again. God cares way more about your salvation and right relationship with him than he does that temporal thing that you're praying for. See, God desires for us to be holy. He wants for us to, 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 he wants to continually form and shape us into the image that he created humans in the beginning. See, scripture tells us that, that God hears the prayers of the righteous. But I, I need you to hear me. That does not mean that we need to be perfect when we come to God. That's not what he's talking about. He's not saying you got to be perfect because if that's the truth, then none of us would get any prayers answered. The only one that would have prayers answered would be Jesus himself because he is the only one that was perfect. None of us are perfect. So what does it mean that God's hearing the prayers of the righteous? I need y'all to hear me when I say this. Hear me. Sin can prohibit us from fully receiving what God might have for us. Keyword, fully receiving what God might have for us. So the Christian in our lives, what we must do is we must seek to live this life of holiness 
Seek to run after him, to be seen as righteous in his sight. Again, salvation is not based off of that, but we must seek after him and run after him. And when we mess up, key word when, because we will mess up, we must make haste to run back to him asking for forgiveness. Scripture says in 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's good news. That's good news because not only is God good in the fact that he wants to give us good things, but he also wants us to come to him so that he can cleanse us. Now, family, sometimes that's tough. It's tough to come to him in the midst of our mess, but it's a freeing truth. And I got to mention it because not only is this for the non-believer that's in their, in their space right now, not necessarily believing in Jesus, but the Christian themselves, we forget this commonly. That God wants us to come to him with all our mess, even when we're, we've done wrong. He still wants us to come to him. See, we get so caught up in all that's going on around us or what we've done wrong and working to do right that we forget that God doesn't love us or accept us based off of what we bring to the table. That's not how we receive salvation. He accepts us because of Jesus. So hear me. He desires for us to be righteous. But in that desire, family, that desire is fulfilled in Jesus's work alone, not ours. So what does that mean? Instead of working for righteousness, we work from righteousness. And when we understand the love and the goodness of God, it pushes us towards being more righteous. It pushes us wanting to be seen as right in God's sight. Let me make this plain because I don't want you to miss it. When someone has done good by you, you don't repay them with doing evil to them. No, and that's towards humans. Let me ask you, how much more should that truth or that rule apply to God who, who sent his son Jesus to die for our sins? He's been good to us. So we don't repay, repay good with evil run after him because of how good he's been family hear me there's some of us right now that are hearing this and we need to pray and spend time with God we need to ask for forgiveness we've been running our own life we need to get things right with God right now we've been messing up and for me, sometimes I have to sit in my prayer and, and just ask God, because I can't necessarily see straight God. God, I need you to show me, me myself right now. Show me my sin. It's a dangerous prayer, but, but sometimes we miss it. We overlook. God, show me myself. I want to be right with you, God. Can you show me my mess? Wherever you are right now, just call out to him. Say, Jesus, I need you. This may be the first time you're calling out to him saying, Jesus, I, I, want, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I believe in you. You've been good to me. Or it may be you're a Christian. You believe, but you've been far off and you need to come back to him and ask for forgiveness. Wherever you're right now, just call out to him. And if that's you right now, if you're listening live right now, there's a live prayer button at the bottom. I want you to push it. I want you to click it and somebody is going to be praying for you right now. Nobody else is going to see it. You pray right now with that person. If you're giving your life to the Lord, you can click that button right there. We want to know who you are and we're going to pray with you because here's the reality. God loves you. He created you in his likeness and he wants to be in relationship with you. 
doesn't want this distance between us. He wants us back in right fellowship and right relationship with him. I, I say this at Renewal every week, and I really mean it. When we come to church, even though we're online right now, we don't want to leave this place the same way we came in. That's why we get pray, prayer. That's why we take communion with, communion with one another. That's why we fellowship with one another. God wants that right relationship with you. If you need prayer right now, click the link at the bottom. Family, as we end, I know that these are tough times. I do. I know these are tough times we're living in with COVID-19. And, and not to mention all the other stuff that's going on in the world. There's still murder. There's still corruption. There's still hate. There's still racism. There's so many things happening. It's overwhelming. And you would look at the if you and one would look at the world and and looking at the world, you would think and believe that there'd be a di- direct correlation to an advanced or heightened sense of prayer in the lives of people. But sadly, the vast majority of us we don't pray. We're not coming to God. Or if we do, we're a quick prayer and He doesn't answer. And we're we're on to our own thing. We're on to our own strength. We're relying on our own strength. Friends, in this space we're in right now in society, in our nation, I want to urge you to trust Jesus now. Not your fear. Don't trust your talent or your intellect or your wisdom or your strength. But instead, trust Jesus. As I said earlier, he wants us to depend on him. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And here's the joy of it. And we may not see it or realize the fruit of it until we get to heaven. When we pray according to the will of God, when we pray in Jesus' name, we get the privilege of taking part in in the kingdom of God going forth and seeing more people come into the faith. That's a privilege. God wants us to be in that relationship with him. And it happens through our prayer. Family, my prayer is that in this season, the church, the people would rise up and make Jesus's name famous. Hear me, family. When we pray, this is how we get through the midst of our circumstances. Prayer is is how we communicate and ask God to heal our world. Prayer is how we ask him to heal our nation. Prayer is how we ask him to revive our weary souls. Hear me. All throughout Bible, all throughout the Bible, when you look at the pages of Scripture, all through the, from the beginning to the end, you see when, when Adam's calling out to God, God answers. When Abraham calls out to God, God answers. When Moses calls out to God, God answers. You flip to the New Testament. When Peter calls out to God, he answers. When Paul calls out to God, he answers. God has always been a God who answers throughout the whole Bible. And hear me, family. I say this every week at Renewal, and I'm passionate about this because I believe it to be so. God is not done yet. So hear me, this is not the time to lose hope, but this is the time to press forward and put our hope in Jesus. Keep on praying, keep on crying out to him because he's hearing us and he will answer. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. You're an awesome God. God, we just need you right now in this space. I know there's some of us that are hurting right now. There's some of us that may have lost jobs. There's some of us that have loved members that are sick. 
God, this is a day that we've never seen and prayerfully we won't ever see again as we get through it. But Lord, we do know that there's a day that has been promised ahead of us, a promise of heaven. And one day we'll be there with you, Jesus. But until then, God, let us hold on to that hope right now on this side of heaven. Knowing that you're with us. Knowing that we can trust in you. Lord, I pray for the person that's been far from you, that doesn't necessarily believe right now that you'd work in their heart. Call them to yourself, knowing that you love them, that you've been good, that you gave up everything so that we could have life right now. Lord, I pray for the person that believes but has been doing their own thing or maybe got off track this week. God, that they would fall to their knees, that they would just cry out in prayer. But in the midst of that, they would know that they're still loved and they're accepted regardless of what they've done. And that you desire to be in relationship with all of us. Father, you are a good God. And we love you. Thank you for loving us. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we all said, amen. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast today. I pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. I look to see you at one of our services at 930 or 11 a.m. on Sunday morning. Take care. God bless you.